welcome back to the Bring It Back podcast. My name is Nathan. And I'm Micah. And we want to just have really authentic, unique conversations and try to tackle different topics that maybe you don't hear kind of navigated through the lens that we'll look at things through. We're going to use the Bible as the lens and the foundation that builds our worldview and gives us kind of the answers to some of these questions that we're talking about. So thanks for joining and let's get into it. Welcome to the Bring It Back podcast. Uh, Here we are. Here we are. Hey, mom. She listens to these every time. I'm going to say, hey, mom, as well. And now I'm actually going to tell my mom that I do. I was going to say, does your mom know that you do this? No, nobody does. And my my brother, I was going to say, does any? Whenever I posted uh, that like background picture with California, yeah, and I think it was our last one, yeah. maybe. Uh, my brother's like, he messaged me on Facebook, number one, <laughs> and number two said, "How am I just now finding out about this?" <laughs> and I didn't have like a great answer, but. I, I think, you know, kind of in our conversation last time, yeah. I was like, I just really enjoyed doing this. Yeah. And it's not, that's just, I don't know. It, it, you can get really heady on this, but yeah. Um, nope, haven't really told anybody. Do your friends know you do it? Not really. A couple do. <laughs> I don't know. It's not like I'm going to keep it a secret. Yeah, like you post on your story, but it's like, oh, this could be anything. Yeah, this is a great podcast. Yeah, really. like they don't even know that you're the one that's talking on Hey, it. I'm I'm doing this podcast. Yeah. Most most of my closest friends, yeah, don't listen. Nice. It's like my kind of close friends. Yeah, that that's, but that's cool. Yeah. So you're you're saying hey to them right now. Yeah, hey, kind of close friends. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. I think some of my close friends do. Well, okay, actually, now <clears throat> from that same post, my uh-huh. I'll say I'll put the B before the F. Yeah, one of my best friends. Wow. Yeah, dude. I'll say it again. He he messaged me. Uh, it's David Batchelor, a guy we've yeah. talked about a couple of times. Uh-huh. And I I didn't notice how many times like I mentioned him or brought him up yeah. in pods in the past, but he uh, he's a good encourager. He just says, "Hey, I like to listen so to you." Listen, yeah, he's listened to like four Thanks, or five David. of them. Yeah, that guy. And he's like, "I just want to hear your perspective on these things." And that's great. It was cool. It was good. Good feedback from somebody that I care about. Well, hey, David. Hey, mom. Glad you guys there are here. <laughs> uh, we talked last time about the gifts of the spirit and yep. introd. And then we were like, well, it just makes more sense to do more individual podcasts on all of the gifts. It's a it's such a large topic, uh-huh. and it does give us a little bit more direction and right. kind of building on each week. Yeah. Um, unpacking things that we should have good verbiage for. Yeah, yeah, honestly. And I like this one because I already had most of my stuff prepared. I didn't have to do anything. I like it. Starting out on my stuff. Yeah. Uh, prophecy this week. That's the title. What's the last prophetic word you received? Do you remember? Um, well, we, we might need to get our terms defined. Okay. But even before that, I, I just have a quick story from yeah. today. Okay. That was really exciting. I'll see if I can do it in like a minute and a half here. Okay. Went to Winco Foods after playing pickleball. Winco. Owned by its employee operator store. It's awesome. Okay. Before I go to a store, uh, if I have my AirPods, sometimes I have a debate whether I put them in or not. I think if I put them in, I'm saying I'm, I want to shut out the world and just focus on this shopping thing. True. If I leave them, maybe I'm more open to being obedient to the Holy Spirit's call. That's a, a true debate that goes on in my mind. Yeah. Um, and But the last time that I put in AirPods, I bumped into an old friend, okay. and we had a great like catch-up conversation, and I yeah. felt like I had a great opportunity to encourage that friend. So I justified my decision to put my AirPods in by uh-huh. saying, the last time I did this, and something cool happened. I shopped. Towards the end of my shopping experience, there's a woman who's taking a while to bag her items, okay. and I tell her, I would like to help you. I don't know how I could help you. Sure. She's like, you're 
about finish, but I just want to let you know, I want to help you. Yeah. She's like, well, I would have appreciated it. I was like, okay. All right. <laughs> All right. And then I said, well, is there something else I could do? Maybe uh, could I carry them out to your car? Uh-huh. She's like, well, you need to bag up your items and I'm in a hurry. And I was like, okay. All right. I would still like to find some way to help you. I feel like I'm just supposed to help you, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, she said, well, just figure it out. Whatever. And she went on her way and I bagged up items. She was a little bit. Yeah. Uh, a little bit beyond my age. <clears throat> and we went outside. Or she went outside. I went outside after finished packing up all my stuff. Uh, and I see her. She has that little, like, scooter thing. Yeah. Where it's, it helps you if you can't walk too good right. while you're in the store. So I, as I'm running by in my cart, I have, you know, I jump up on the wheels and I'm running across. I say, uh-huh. could I take that back in for you? I, Dude, I don't know why. Like, yeah. I was dedicated. I was like, I want to help this woman in some way, but I don't know how. Uh, and she's, I'm just going to leave it right here and you can come pick it up if you want. I go and get my things. I hustle back to the car. I'm running. I've yeah. got my athletic wear on. Okay. And uh, she says, you will not believe what happened. I locked my keys in my car. Uh, and then I say, well, let's let's call somebody. Can we call somebody? And can they come and get you your spare key? Yeah. End up calling the husband. We end up getting him over there. End up connecting to the dots. And then we yeah. just chat a little bit while we're waiting for that. All right. There. And uh, all that being said, I, I, I felt encouraged to... Uh, well, number one, that I was kind of annoyingly asking if there was something I could sure. do to help. I genuinely did not know how I could help. Yeah. But I do feel like as a result of all of that, um, like my obedience, like asking, and then I spoke just an encouraging word over her, letting yeah. her know that uh, God loves her, that um, sometimes we get real busy. And I think God wants to give us opportunities to slow down sure. and just be grateful. The weather's beautiful outside. There are people in your life that love you. And there are people that benefit as a result of being in your presence, like yeah. your proximity. So um, as far as like, you know, prophecy and a specific like word encouraging her in her, you know, future walk with the Lord. Right. I didn't, you know, I, there wasn't like some picture that God gave me. But I do yeah. think there was a prophetic element of calling out the gold mm-hmm. in this individual sure. woman that came as a result of trying to meet needs yeah. uh, that are active and real right now. It was awesome. I was really grateful to the Lord. Yeah. And I was, I'm, I'm having a good day. Nice. <laughs> That's great. Do you, do you think there's a difference? Because I think this maybe is what you were hinting at. Right. Between encouragement and prophecy. Um, I think the purpose of prophecy is encouragement. Um, but I do think looking at the definitions, yeah, there's a difference between right. prophecy and encouragement. Yeah. If I'm being encouraging, I don't know, you know, yeah, I think there is a difference, but, but it could come down to, in some ways semantics. I know that there were things that were prophetic in the Bible and there have been words mm, potentially spoken over people mm-hmm. that aren't the most encouraging or life-giving or leave you yeah. feeling super stoked. Definitely. So, um... I guess, why, why don't we just talk about why prophecy is even, is even necessary? Yeah. Because some people are probably listening to this saying, I don't need prophecy. Yeah, I don't. It, yeah, it's something out of there. Um, like, I've got the Bible, so I don't need someone else to, like, tell me something, something that's, like, probably not true. Yeah. So, like, I guess, why do we need prophetic words if we already have the Bible? Yeah, what do you think? <laughs> He's good. All right. Uh, yeah. I just spoke for, like, too long, so yeah, we got to get you over here. Yeah, we should have a rule where you can't speak for more than... A minute for both of us. That's good. Uh, so, yeah, why do I think we need prophecy? Well, I, I think, like, you see prophecy all throughout the Bible. Like, the one that I think of is Jesus and the woman at the well, where he's having the conversation with her. And um, 
you know, she's like, I'll go back to my husband. He's like, well, no, you have multiple husbands or you have multiple men. Not one of them is your husband. And then she says, I perceive you are a prophet. So there's something about like authenticating the gospel message that Jesus uses to get right to the heart of people. And I love the intentionality that comes along with, with prophetic words and people who have a prophetic gifting um, to almost just show like an intentionality from God to help people feel known. And I think like we see that in a lot of different places that we'll jump into. Um, but I think a lot of times the God, that God uses people who have a prophetic gifting, which I think, spoiler alert, it can be anybody. I think anybody should um, ask God that he would speak to them and, and show them prophetic things that they can speak over people. Yeah. I think we see really clearly that it's for like the building up of the church. Um, so like in 1 Corinthians 14, 5, now I want all of you to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. And that's the thing right there is that so that the church may be built up. Right. And I think we see it even again in, in verse 1 of chapter 14, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Um, and then if you skip down to verse 3, the one who prophesies speaks to the people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. So I think that in and of itself is the reasoning why we why we operate in the gift of prophecy for uh, upbuilding, encouragement, and consolation. So there's that word encouragement, the right. and they're wrapped into it. Um, so I think, yeah, like God, God uses people to help people feel known, to reveal things about themselves. And, and almost like I think a lot of times, especially with unbelievers or even with believers, it almost validates um, the presence of God and, and the intimacy that we see from God like as our friend to know our hearts and know the things that are going on within us. Yeah, thousand percent. I like encouragement. If there's a major disconnect between prophecy and our relationship with God, yeah, uh, it's not really prophecy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that that's an extension of God reaching out to us yeah. to communicate things. I mean, this is where it gets a little bit prophecy is is kind of a generalized theme. Right. Like it's not just one. Well, you're a prophet because you're predicting the future, right. or you're some warlock who's looking into an orb and telling me what's going to end up happening or reading leaves. No. Like prophecy does include those components of encouragement. Right. And then also maybe there may be things like word of knowledge, things that, you know, have, have been imparted to you yeah. um, that you shouldn't know uh, or that you'd have no way of knowing. Let me give you a verse that goes right along with that. Right on. Again, at the end of First Corinthians 14, you go to 24. But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or outsider enters, he is convicted by all and is called to account by all. The secrets of his heart are disclosed, and so, falling on his face, he will worship God and declare that God is really among you. So because people are able to know things that, like you said, that they shouldn't know, that like, it just validates God in his presence. And that's, uh, man, it, this is like a really specific example. So if you're speak in the Christianese realm, mm-hmm. you know, prophecy, I, I kind of think of it sometimes as like a cool superpower that would be cool to have. You sure? It, you know, if you just put it in on broad strokes, a superpower that glorifies God. Yeah, thanks, God, for the powers. Uh, but outside of that context, I I genuinely do believe the heart of man is searching for the Creator of the universe. You know, it, whatever belief structure that you've built up, there's something built into our DNA since we're Imago Day, made in the image of God, that's trying to figure Him out in some capacity, and prophecy is an avenue by which that communication is established and that truth is discovered. Right. 
Um, and I think something that comes up when you talk with someone who is uncomfortable with the idea of prophecy is a lot of the Old Testament um, verses that come up. The one that always gets thrown around is like, if there's a false prophet, you'll are to stone him or whatever sure. it is. Um, so I think a few things on that. There's actually two different views that people would hold when it comes to uh, biblical prophecy. There is a a continuity view, which would be people that believe that the gift of prophecy operates the same in the Old Testament as it is in the New Testament and then still today. And then there's a discontinuity view where people would say uh, prophecy in the Old Testament is different than prophecy in the New Testament because once Jesus comes, the Holy Spirit comes, so relationship looks differently. Uh, I'm not even going to say my, my thought on it at the moment, but I think I first want to address some of the verses. Okay. Um, so in like... And let's see, the biggest one probably being in Deuteronomy, because that's where the, the stoning verse is. And in Deuteronomy 13, it talks about um, someone who's a false prophet um, being stoned. But in that, we see, I, th- I think the definition of a false prophet is different than what we would define it as. So in the Old Testament, a false prophet isn't someone who is giving a prophetic word that they think they've heard from God that's wrong. A false prophet is someone um, who is, is, is bringing people either towards themselves or to a different God. So they are approaching, um, a gift, not even a gift of prophecy, they're approaching prophecy and speaking for another God or for themselves, yeah. not on behalf of our God. Yep. And so I think that in the simplest terms, that's a different, very different, a, a very different terminology of what a false prophet is than what most people would classify a false prophet as. Yeah, I would classify today's false prophet as a person who is claiming from the same perspective yeah. um, of following God, use speaking out of context or or maybe unintentionally drawing people towards them as opposed to what they thought was truth. Yeah, absolutely. And like again in Deuteronomy 18, we see another false prophet that's named. And, and in that one, that's I, I, God is looking for like a covenant mediator that is Moses and that he's using Moses to communicate his covenant. So when someone else comes along and tries to communicate a different covenant and take the place of covenant mediator, that is a false prophet because, again, he is not speaking for God. He's speaking on behalf of other gods or himself. So a false prophet is not someone who hears God's voice and speaks it out and it's wrong. If that's the case, I'm a false prophet. Um, and we'll talk probably a little bit later about how, like, the gift of prophecy, like, takes a little bit of risk because you got you to gotta step out in faith sometimes and you're always going to be right. But um, the Old Testament verses that talk about false prophets, I just wanted to shed a little bit of clarity on that because I think it's important. And I think that's something that a lot of people wonder about. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, I do think I have always just assumed and read that through the lens of like a false prophet, like today, like yeah. claiming to share the same perspective, but you're doing something wrong. So yeah, it's new for me. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I was just, you know, went through the Old Testament and I found a couple different examples of times where prophecy was put into practice. Yeah. And I know that these are kind of like OG stories, sure. regular ones. If we're talking about Jonah going to Nineveh, like he was charged with sharing the prophecy that because of their wickedness, that there will be uh, destruction, that God would allow their city to be overthrown in 40 days. So that's where, that was one of the things that was floating around in my mind whenever you asked like, so prophecy and encouragement, are they the same thing? Mm. Like, well... I couldn't imagine being in Nineveh and being encouraged by all of my wickedness being <laughs> called out and that destruction's coming in 40 yeah. days. So um, I just wanted to mention that. I mean, that's Jonah 3.5. Yeah. Um, but I do think for like a m- modern interpretation or practice of what prophecy is, there is a strong correlation with encouragement. And even from that verse that you read yeah. earlier uh, and last week when we talked about it, that prophecy is something for 
active believers yeah. to pursue. Absolutely. Um, and I, I look at it in large strokes from that encouragement um, perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, in, in that, that same vein of, um, of practicing prophecy today, uh, so honestly, so I, I mentioned like the idea of like discontinuity and continuity views. Honestly, like my opinion has switched back and forth. Sure. Because like I, I, I see um, times like in Second Samuel where it looks like someone like prophesies wrong and he's not stoned to death. Sure. Uh, and then I see other times where I look at like in Deuteronomy 18 where I'm like, oh, it's a covenant mediator. And that's like specifically who Moses was. Maybe pro- like prophecy does operate different because the Holy Spirit looks, it seems to me from what I can see, operates differently. Yeah. I don't have a firm answer. And I think that's okay. Yeah. I think it's okay to not have um, the most fundamental answer um, built out there. But I think if I had to define what I think current prophecy would operate like today um, would be speaking forth in human words what the Holy Spirit has revealed supernaturally to you in a moment. Nice. So that, that's my working definition. I like it. I'm trying to think. Someone smarter than you said that. I read that somewhere. Oh, dude. No, I think that's great because it is, you think about yourself. That's, I'm thinking about it, you know, in the first person. I am a conduit or a mouthpiece or presentation to, I'm a Canva presentation maybe, from God. Like God has something that he wants to say either to a person or to a group of people. And um, there's a lot of things that God does through people. One of those, like a very practical one, I would say uh, would be giving hugs. Like there are times where I don't feel close to the Lord. Um, but when, when a friend or a loved one hugs me, like I feel a closeness and an intimacy that I think really only gets expressed through that physical manifestation of care or love. So I think God, a lot of times does choose. That's why prophecy is still a relevant, necessary part of the human condition is that we, we respond, um, to interpersonal communication and, you know, those words from God. We're, we're supposed to be charged with sharing them. And a lot of times, kind of to your point you were mentioning earlier, maybe we feel scared to share it because we don't want to speak out of turn. We don't want to drive people away from God. Yeah. But I do want to have a yes in my heart and already be pushing for that. I want to be obedient. Yeah. Even if I say something that's not from God, I, yeah. I need to have a lens by which I process through to try to best represent what God is sharing through me. Yeah. Um, and I do need to have the humility present to admit when I'm wrong. Yeah. So those, you know, those are the kind of two key points I want to make sure that we talk about is having that lens. What are the things that we need to make sure? What do does hearing yeah. the voice of the Lord pertain to? And what if I mess up? Um, what should I do? How should I respond? Yeah. And I think um, you, you mentioned a few things that, are, that I think are really important. And um, I think a few of the biggest ones being, as you talk about the lens, again, in 1 Corinthians 14 and, and 31, it says, For you all can prophesy one by one, so that all may learn and all may be encouraged, and the spirit of prophets are subject to the prophets. Right. So in that, um, the gift of prophecy is something that's to be done in community. So right. um, I, I don't think that you should give a prophetic word to someone without talking to someone else who is prophetically gifted and that you know hears the voice of the Lord. And talking through that and saying, hey, I think I hear this word for somebody. What do you think about this? And then I think in turn, um, when we do that, we also need to know that our, our 
prophetic words are never going to disagree with what we see in scripture. So like if the Bible isn't saying it, God is not saying it. Yeah. Um, And that's where the gift of prophecy is interesting because I think uh, sometimes people can prophetically talk to things or speak to things that scripture wouldn't necessarily talk to. So being like, hey, I I feel like um, maybe the Lord is, is urging you to step out in faith in something. Like that's that's super vague. Yeah. But in that, that can speak to me in something that I'm dealing with at the moment. But um, prophecy is always going to agree with scripture, never going to never going to call someone into sin. Um, and prophetic words always need to be interpreted through the lens of multiple people who have prophetic giftings. Um, so like in, in First Thessalonians, maybe I think I'm right on that. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, it talks about like um, not despising prophecy, but testing and weighing. So like when we do prophetic ministry of some kind, we need to test and weigh uh, what is from the Lord and what's not. And that's something that's done well between multiple people. So that way you have um, not just one person accountable, but you have a group of people holding each other accountable. That verse is 1 Thessalonians 5, 20 through 21. I was right. It was first. Dude, you crushed it. Uh, yeah. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Yeah. Um, thousand percent. Like, I, I don't think God's intention for prophecy would just be to kind of screw over people who are trying to uh, join into the body. <laughs> I don't think his goal is for you to to do something really hard and then look like an idiot. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that's not going to happen ever. I think sometimes it does feel really foolish. Like if you hear something from God, like um, if you hear something from God and you feel like you're supposed to talk to somebody else and you don't have all of the pieces um, you know, it's like, well, I found something in scripture backs up. I've gone through the lens of another individual. And I think like the challenge for me is I don't want to battle this awkwardness. I mean, that's, that's first world yeah. struggle. Uh, I think of faith of saying like, this is awkward, but it's still, the, I think a very real thing that people deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be easier if I just didn't say anything. God will talk to them another way. Yeah. I want to get this off of my plate and, and maybe not mess with this thing. Yeah. Um, and I think the important note on that is. Um, a lot of times when we hear something, our human tendency is to try to figure out what it means. Right. I don't think that's always necessary in prophecy. Um, so our job is to communicate what we feel like we've heard from God. So whenever we give a prophetic word, we always need to preface with, hey, I, I you, even you can even vision cast why you believe in the gift of prophecy, why you believe in the involvement of the Holy Spirit. But uh, past that, this is what I think that God has said to me. So I'm going to deliver that in and of itself. This is what I feel like it might be, but... That is my own thought. This is what I heard. So an example of something that can maybe feel a little bit weird is I had a friend who um, was was in a worship service and someone came up to him and said, hey, I, I can't shake this. I keep on seeing like a purple gorilla. And he was like, man, that is weird. Um, but I'll go share it with this kid. So he went and shared it with him. And it turns out the kid had had like a toy purple gorilla that was the only thing that made him feel safe through his parents' divorce. Yeah. And in that he was feeling distant from God and something about someone else saying something that is so out of bounds, like a purple gorilla, made him feel safe and known by God. So that is an example of someone, when he hears purple gorilla, he doesn't know what that means at all, but he doesn't have to. He's responsible for sharing what he yep. feel like he's heard. Even Yeah, even as you tell that story, there's like a, a part of me that has like a gut check, because I'm not going to find anything in the Bible that expressly talks about a purple gorilla. Yeah. So if we're using the, I'm going to look through the Bible and I'm going to have other people like there's like a maybe a, a gray area right there mm-hmm. where I, I think you you are allowed that opportunity to say look I'm just trying to be obedient 
and I don't really know. Because I could also hear that story uh, about the purple gorilla, mm-hmm. and then there'd be nothing that comes as a result of it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you're just like, well, sorry. Uh, not, I, I'm not trying to mess with you or try to assert my superpowerness that yeah. I receive from God. I was just trying to be obedient. Yeah. I do have one of those stories out at Shepherd's Fold, though. Yeah. And the the purple gorilla for me was orange juice. Yeah, I was just supposed to talk about orange juice, and orange juice was, um, you know, the beverage that whoever you come back inside felt refreshed. And uh, it happened like at a special time in this person's life, and it was kind of hilarious because we were just laughing by the end. We're like, how what a what a ludicrous thing for you to say yeah. out of left field, and yet that meant a lot to me. Um, sure. So uh, I I kind of want to finish that conversation. Uh, what happens if you do say purple gorilla or orange juice and then it is nothing? Like there is no, it's not a home run and you're both kind of looking at each other like, does that mean anything to you? You're like, no, does it mean yeah. anything to you? You're like, I was hoping it really meant something to you. Um, so yeah, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, I think you touched on one thing that's super important, which is asking the question, what does this mean anything to you? So I think before you even pitch your side of what you think it means, sure. you need to deliver and say, does this mean anything to you? Yeah. Maybe they say yes, and maybe they say no. And then if not, you can say, this is what I maybe had felt, but it may be, this is just me trying to interpret. Yeah. Um, but in that, I think we have to understand two things, is that God and his timing is is way bigger than our own. So I've also heard of people who have given prophetic words that haven't landed and to someone that they know, and then they'll circle back around a year later and they say, hey, that word that you gave me a year ago didn't mean anything to me then. But I just had a situation that happened, and it means something to me now. Yeah. So one meaning, knowing that um, just because it doesn't mean anything now doesn't mean that it won't ever. But two, and you're human. Sometimes you do get it wrong. Yeah. And that's okay. And I think this is where our we have to evaluate, the, I think, the heart side of it is if you're unsure, like, what is your heart behind sharing something? There were times when I was immature in my faith where I wanted to give prophetic words to the really cute girls. Sure. And I would come up with something and I just <laughs> to have an excuse to talk to them during worship. Yeah. Um, so I know that that is not a good heart to approach like a prophetic word. With. Sure. Um, so to know that it's okay, people hear wrong, but also that just because it doesn't mean anything now does not mean that it does not mean anything. Because uh, like your obedience is not determined by the outcome. Yeah. So even like you stepping out in an act that means nothing to that person, the act in and of itself could mean something to them. And they'll say, man, there's something interesting about that person's faith. And I don't know what the deal is, but there's something there. That one, yeah, that that end piece right there is one that I think about a lot because uh, I was flying back from New Zealand. I sat next to this man, and we talked about faith for probably like six hours on the flight. Yeah, um, he had he had been a practicing Buddhist, and then he'd kind of gone to another place where he said, "I don't really know what to believe," and I'm, yeah. I'm kind of open to things. And he he gave me this book on mindfulness. Uh, and heartfulness, yeah. like two uh, kind of concepts. Book, yeah. yeah, like the the mindfulness one was the Buddhist one. The heartfulness was something else that was kind of a, an evolution there. But me talking with him, and I think honestly, probably trying to like really asking God, like, come on, give me something here yeah. for this guy because you know I I'd, I'd love for him to to meet you and for you two to yeah. be engaged with one another. And um, I prayed for healing in one of his son's broken arms or, or something like that. Right. Um, and he said, you know, Nathan, um, and honestly, it's been years since I even thought about this. So, of course, this is not like a direct quote. But I remember him saying something along the lines of, 
it, it means a lot to me that you would do this, that you would slow down enough to ask me about what's going on. Yeah, and that's big. that you have enough confidence in your faith to do something really risky, like pray for something that you can't heal yourself, right. that you know that you couldn't fix. Right. Um, so, and then, you know, he kind of walked away. It's kind of like a, oh, I don't know, it felt a little bit like a participation trophy, but he's like, this, this is not going to convert me. You know, it's not going to do anything, but it's got me thinking about, do I, do I believe in something as strong as this young man believes in something? Yeah, dude. Uh, and why, why does he believe so strongly in this thing? You know? So if nothing else, you know, those, those opportunities, maybe people, I, I feel like that was a, a gift and a blessing that he shared yeah. that with me. I told him that to his face. Yeah. It's like, this means so much to me that you would say that because, um, yeah, this is, I, I feel like a direct response to obedience and I, we don't often get to see the fruit. Yeah, of har- I think very rarely. I think there's probably a lot of fruit that you get you don't see from the seeds that have been planted. Yeah, and I think that's in in a way just so that um, like the uh, God can get the glory in and of itself, and we don't need to know about it. So I think that's a way that God yeah humbles us is by not letting us see. Because then if we see it, my tendency is to to make it about me. Whereas sure. if I don't see it, it's not about me because I don't know what happens. So yep, that's not always the case, but. Um, yeah, dude, I, I think it's big. You never know what seed you're planting. You never know. So um, one last thing that I had, I like it, um, was it's just that like, I think the gift of prophecy is for everybody. And I I don't I don't love it when people like identify themselves as prophets. Um, maybe that's just like a, I don't think I think it's kind of I don't funny. think it's sinful. Yeah. Um, but it's just like I think everybody should pursue the gift of prophecy. And I think I touched on it earlier, like in First Corinthians, like. I want all of you um, are earnestly desired this, especially that you prophesy. That's to everybody. Um, it's not just the apostles that prophesy. That's one thing is like, well, people will say, oh, it's just the apostles that we're supposed to prophesy to authenticate the gospel message. Well, okay. It's the same gospel message that needs authenticating now. So why could he not use it through us? But then we see like Stephen, he prophesies. Uh, Philip is not an apostle. He prophesies. Philip has four daughters that we see listed in Acts 21. They all prophesy. So not just the apostles prophesy. This is something um, to be pursued by everybody. And I think um, it is scary and it's a bit daunting. And that's where I would say, if you're unsure about this, identify someone in your life who who you think does have a prophetic gifting and, and knows something about this and talk with them about it. If you're in Tulsa, I, say, I mean this when I say it, like reach out to Nate. Not, like we would literally love to talk with you about um, the gift of prophecy and how to operate in this well. So I think it's something that we should all pursue, not in any way to glorify ourselves, um, because this is one of the ways that the Lord has gifted us to love his body, build it up, and encourage his body for his glory, not for our own glory. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I do think if you are prideful in this area and you recognize like, man, I, I think I am trying to use God for my gain mm-hmm. and I want cool superpowers or whatever, I would say uh, pray about it. Go somewhere. Ask, somewhere. ask, for, <laughs> ask for forgiveness uh, and... Yeah, put yourself, you know, like if pride is your enemy uh, or it's a tool that you're using right now, humility will be your defense. It will actually be a method for you to get out of there. But, um, you know, if you're that person who's saying, okay, this is all kind of new to me, I kind of, whenever I see a Twitter handle and a person has put profit after there, like they're a prophet, I'm not. How would I get started? I think Micah's suggestion of finding somebody that you think practices uh, prophecy uh, or practices encouragement you know at least as as uh, an entry component meeting with them but then also just asking the lord like increasing your wanter 
saying, God, would, would you give me this desire? Would, would you allow me to be yeah. used? Would you give me your words? Give me your perspective. One of the terms that I use is kind of funny. It's just Holy Spirit goggles. Would you give me your eyes, your yeah. vision? Um, and from there, do the things that we talked about. Be sure to cross-reference with Scripture. Make sure that you're establishing checkpoints with other people. Make sure that you offer this as uh, an, an attempt at practicing hearing the voice of the Lord and that your goal is to encourage the other individual. Make sure that you follow up and ask, is there anything in there that stood out to you? Was there anything of value for you? And, um, and I think like it take, I'm sorry, I just, that's all right. Wrong, but like, know that like this is you speaking on behalf of God. So they don't take it lightly. So it's like, that's what, that's why there's all these filters that we put it through. Yeah. This is a big deal. And this is how people get hurt with the gift of prophecy. Because people don't go through um, the correct run through of like looking at things biblically and talking with other people who are prophetically gifted and seeing who this truly edifies. Is it you or is it for the upbuilding of the church? Yeah. Like a casual approach to the prophetic leads to casualties. Um, so like that's why we have all this accountability that's ingrained in that. So like, yes, pursue it, but also know that there's a lot of weight that comes along with this. Um, and that's not to deter you, but just to keep us in line because we're sinful people. That's really good. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. This is fun. I like I like the conversation that we're headed in with all this stuff. Yeah. Honestly, feels like we're getting um, into not not heavy territory, but you mentioned you know wounds from the church. Mm-hmm. That that's really charged yeah. with uh, you know a lot of people have a lot of different experiences, um, but I do think us having a solid understanding about these gifts and what our responsibilities are that's important so yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying talking about it yeah definitely so um there's so much more to this that again we, we can't cover just a few resources people that i trust uh sam storms has a lot of great resources on prophecy remnant radio if you're more into podcasts has a lot of great conversations about prophecy um and th- those would be the big ones that i'd start you on at the moment um yeah and we'll go from there so love you guys we'll maybe talk about tongues next week that's talking tongues that's fun that's juicy so tune back in for that one we'll we'll get the babble on that one it's tower of babble baby nate's gonna speak in tongues live on the podcast i'm practicing right now (laughs) we love you guys we'll see you